0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Do you have anything available for September 20th? No, honey. You don't? I've been Um, out
0: of room since the 12th of July.
1: Since the 12th of July? Uh, Do you?
0: I I am out of camping sites.
1: Anything at all. Anything at all? Um, Okay. Shoot. Do you guys have, like, an extra shower or something? We're willing to pay money to use, like, a shower or?
2: Well, I'm going to guarantee you at that time, it's strictly you're going to have to prepay for everything, uh, any kind of a site. So there will be a place to go and do that by the time this week is out.
1: Uh, oh, okay. So, should There'll we just be
2: tickets ha- for anything that's going on in Rachel?
1: Oh, wow. Do you um, suspect that there's gonna so, gonna be thirty thousand people, and we have fifty people in our community to try to deal with it? Oh, wow. Okay. Okay,
2: so that's the end of the explanation. Okay. We're doing the best we can with what we are going to have available. Okay.
1: Okay. Thank you. Thank you so, so much.
0: Watch for, face- watch for a Facebook page. Okay. about
1: Rachel okay honey okay thank you so much thank you
3: bye, bye. <laughs> welcome back to let's get haunted with your hosts <laughs> Matt Strong and Allie Terry
1: it's starting to sink in that the likelihood that we are going to go to Area 51 <laughs> in less than one month with no accommodations, rural Nevada. There's no. There's, there's nothing. nothing there. There's no hotels available. There's no <laughs> campgrounds. We are going to be there with what I'm guessing is going to be like tens of thousands of people who also
3: are car camping and homeless or, and all, just going to check it out. We're going to be there with them. So originally, I was going to try to get us a motel room. First of all, I did not understand what an ordeal it is to get to Area 51. The closest motel to Area 51 is still like an hour away, and it's called the Little Alien. No. There's only 14 rooms at that motel. Yeah. So obviously, those were taken immediately. Right. And then there's another motel that's kind of nearby with one star. There was one room left, and I was about to book it. And then somebody else booked it right before I know. me. People are actually going to this. Like, this is actually happening. And I know that it's happening because
1: Arby's just said that they're going to be there serving <laughs> food, and they have a secret menu just
3: for area 51. oh my god i, I mean we're going it's yeah. happening yeah even if we have to sleep in a rental car i was looking at an article that the city had put out it's near area 51 they were like do not come here there's not enough room for you right. we have a population of like 400 normally there's
1: gonna be definitely traffic jam and
3: they were saying like do not camp in cars you will die of heat stroke yeah like, yeah uh, people are going to die yeah absolutely which is why i think we should get an rv <laughs> Yeah, but imagine the logistics of like. Imagine if your RV breaks down. My brother did a cross country trip. Him and like thirteen friends bought a <laughs> shitty RV, and they drove it cross country, and it broke down so many times. And luckily, my brother is a mechanic, so like he knows how to fix things. Yeah, but it was breaking down like every other day. Because- okay, so
1: like then logistically, how do you see this trip going? Tell me like the twenty four hours leading up to three a.m. at I, the alien. Okay. So
3: <laughs> this is what we're gonna have to do. We're either gonna have to rent car in LA and drive there and like get there at 3 a.m. That way we're avoiding accommodations altogether. Mm -hmm. Or we're going to have to take Spirit Airlines into Vegas, get a cheap room off the strip, and then we're going to have to drive out to Area 51. It's like a three-hour drive from Vegas. I mean, it's going to be a party. People are going to be raging. Yes, absolutely. And if I... uh... Arby's is going to have an alien themed menu. I have to try it.
1: No. They just released a news article <laughs> that said that they are going to be serving Arby's food. would.
3: Honestly, I'm more surprised that Wendy's isn't in on this yet because they know. have the most like, like trolling. Yeah, trolling yeah. social media presence. It's,
1: it's all these
3: brands that
1: are not the most popular like it's not McDonald's that's going to do it. You know, no. it's Arby's. Ar- okay, Arby's is such a bullshit fast food chain. I recently went there because my friend told me to and I was like, I didn't even know this place is still open. They have roast beef sandwiches and then you get fucking curly fries with the, them they
3: have such good curly fries but though. who
1: do, who does that who has a sandwich with curly
3: fries i mean i grew up next to an arby's and one time i had to go to the er because i had a panic attack and then <laughs> halfway through waiting in the er the panic attack went away and i was like i don't need to be here and then my <laughs> mom
1: gave me arby's
3: <laughs> you just needed arby's <laughs> that's all i needed was just some sodium
1: yeah it's like arby's windy slim jim like the long boy gang yeah There's, everyone's such a meme now
3: and, and this <laughs> (laughs) This whole Area 51 thing has become such a marketing thing. It's honestly genius. And I really hope that it forces the U.S. government to just be like, hey, look, we will put out information about what happened at Roswell if you just don't come. Did you see that the guy who organized the Area 51 Facebook group just put out a list of demands in order to call off? It's like, tell us that you have aliens. Yes, Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's like, they're either
1: forcing the government to say that they have aliens, even if they don't. <laughs> right. Which, which is honestly just going to incite way more riots. Yeah. But like, I'm down for it. What I like about this whole thing is it's forcing this super serious institution to comment on what is has to be one of the most ridiculous yes, yes human undertakings of all time right
3: well and i'm sure all of our listeners have already seen this but on twitter that post went viral where someone was like hey my brother's in the military and they literally just had to do a debriefing on storming area 51 <laughs> and what a naruto run is oh and my it god it was literally the guy had taken pictures of the meeting and it was literally his superior officer <laughs> demonstrating what a naruto <laughs> run
1: looks like with like both arms back The military, they have nothing to do. It's a bunch of dudes sitting around. Like, they're all on their computers. Like, they know that this is happening. And I bet they're probably looking forward to it. They're like, oh, some, like, fresh blood is going to be here. Like, possibly women. I don't
3: know. (laughs) Well, it's also just, like, a break from all this, like, super serious combat training and, like counterintelligence training to talk about a Naruto run I think the
1: military is serious if you're not in it like they don't want you to know about the secrets but then once I think you're in it I think it's like a sorority we're just like in here like on 4chan and like (laughs) like, they have fucking volleyball leagues
3: yeah they have a good time That's, (laughs) that's for sure they have a bad time when they're in combat but when they're on US soil they have a fucking ball as they should thank you for serving our country military listeners we appreciate you Now tell us where the aliens are tell us where they're buried where are they buried was it mutant russians that came in on a covert aircraft or was it the grays Mm. some questions may never be answered (laughs) (laughs) speaking of other haunted things besides area 51 i want to thank our donors yeah stephanie f zach g kathleen g josh b phil g you guys are our new children yeah And our best friends. Congratulations, you're now in my wedding. And
1: You're our executive producers. Yes.
3: I don't know if you guys noticed, but on our AlienCon video, we put in the description a list of all the names of all the donors. Mm-hmm. Our vlogs are 100% listener Grass-fed. slash viewer funded. Right. And But also self-funded because we don't normally make enough money to, <laughs> to cover all the costs. Yeah.
1: I, I bought my AlienCon hoodie for sure.
3: That was honestly what put us in the red, was <laughs> yeah. buying those AlienCon hoodies. I know. They were like $45. But like it was worth it. I was wearing my AlienCon hoodie the other day and I was checking out at Sprouts, which is a grocery store. And the person behind the counter was like ringing up my items and she's like, oh, so you like Aliens? And I was like, what is she talking about? Because I forgot I was wearing it. And I looked at, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I definitely get
1: like a different kind of respect when I'm wearing Yeah, that. I feel like I have like a three foot like radiation field around me that people right. don't want to step in. Exactly. When I'm, I'm
3: like, that. look, I'm fucking nuts. <laughs> <I know." laughs> do not come near me. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: yeah. already see me wa- like walking my 80 pound Siberian Husky and they're like, I'm not fucking with this person. And then that girl with like <laughs> a hoodie on that's like, I spent actual money to go to a convention and listen to people. People talk about aliens.
3: Honestly, it was a blast. I had a blast at AlienCon. Did you guys like the vlog? I liked it. What did you think? I enjoyed it. I liked making it. Honestly, I'm ready to make more vlogs. And then we can get a channel trailer up. Mm -hmm. And then you guys can share that trailer with all of your friends and acquaintances and work acquaintances. And people will think you're nuts. Here's the thing,
1: is that when we went to Alyssa's Bachelorette, one of the girls there was like, oh yeah, I'm meeting with Netflix to like talk about an idea. And everyone just kind of got quiet. And I was like, is it that easy to get a meeting with Netflix? Because if it is, if we could get like 20,000 subscribers or something like that, and then just like go into Netflix and be like, bro, look Look at this. this. Look. Look what
3: we're doing. (laughs) We believe in aliens. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is we might record our next episode in the Cecil Hotel.
1: Oh yeah. Alyssa, so when Natalia gets an idea, it's something that simmers and is talked about for many years. <laughs> when Alyssa gets an idea, it's like, there's no one stopping us. Because the only <laughs> thing stopping my ideas is it's Alyssa. Me. So yeah. if Alyssa <laughs> texts me and is like, hey, do you want to record an episode at the Cecil Hotel next week? I'm like... What has gotten into you and also yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> normally I'm the one that's the party pooper. So Well,
1: normally what happens is I'm like, I can't afford it. And Alyssa's like, that's a stupid idea. Those are our right. two yeah, you're right. like things that <laughs> prevent us from doing the other person's idea. But this one, the Cecil Hotel, like, we know we can afford
3: this. I think it's yeah. like twenty bucks a night or something. Right. It's on Skid Row. It's yeah. very close to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can totally do it. I'm like, more nervous
1: that we're just gonna have weird roommates
3: yeah i'm a little nervous that what we're gonna do is we're gonna start recording and then someone in the room over that's like having a heroin overdose (laughs) is gonna start banging on the wall asking for help and we're gonna have to stop recording
1: i guess we would be the weird roommates because we're showing up like with all this equipment
3: yeah that's true but i want to play the elevator game yeah and so we have to do it at Cecil. Yeah. We do. It's the only explanation. Do you guys want us to go to Cecil? Doesn't really matter what you think. (laughs) Because because we're going. The the seed has not only been planted in our minds, but now it's growing. It's starting to flower. Yeah, there's a full ass root system in my brain (laughs) right now. (laughs) That says we have to record at Cecil Hotel. (laughs) So that's happening. Okay, Cecil Hotel, Area 51. I still want to do Ohio University, but I was looking up flights. It's expensive to get to Ohio. Yeah. Do people like Ohio? Yeah. Do they? I would have never guessed, but it was like $400 round trip. Okay, here's, this is a huge conspiracy.
1: The amount of money it's going to take us to get to Area 51 is the same amount of money it would be for us to fly to the Bahamas and stay in a (laughs) resort for four days. Well,
3: you know what? Maybe next story you're going to have to find a haunting in the Bahamas. Like, we need to get into some tropical pirate business. Let's find a, a tropical pirate ghost story. Yeah, let's go
1: hunting for treasure in like three-foot, you know, coral reef yes. with snorkelers. Oh, my
3: God. I've actually never seen a coral reef. What? Never. You've never been snorkeling? I have. But what I did you snorkel over? In Hawaii when I was little. But oh. I don't think there was a
1: coral reef. If you've never seen a coral reef, you're missing out. That's a real alien the, civilization. Right.
3: Civilization. civilization?
1: That's a real alien civilization <laughs> right, right there.
3: I mean, the ocean is definitely what what is the percentage that we've explored? We've only explored there's 69 69%? Hell yeah. <laughs> Blaze it.
1: <laughs> this is oh, another conspiracy. Some of the loudest noises ever recorded by human mechanics have been super deep in the ocean.
3: Damn. Yeah. Aliens are actually sea creatures. Fish are
1: essentially aliens because they survived like all of the major extinctions that happened in the True. past few millennia. So when you're looking at a fucking lobster, you're looking at an alien. You
3: are. And also, they're translucent lobsters. I don't fuck with lobsters because those things have claws and they go backwards. Did you know that in like the 1600s or some shit, lobsters were actually considered rats of the ocean and the poorest people in the Americas ate lobsters? And then some company came in and started marketing lobsters as like, a luxury a luxury item yeah. and now it is it's super expensive to eat lobster yeah yeah that's like stella artois which is marketed in europe as the working man's beer and when they tried to market it like that in the u.s it didn't work yeah, we got Bud light yeah, we, we got nanny ass yeah you talking we got about? miller light and so then they had to start marketing it as like a fancy beer and now it's a fancy beer here you know what let's start marketing ourselves as fancy the fancy haunted welcome to let's, let's... get fancy Haunted. With your host, Fancy Nat and Fancy Alley. And we just wear top hats and monocles. I know
1: we've like exhausted our crowd of like caring about us because no one makes fan art for anything we ask them to anymore. But I really want to see Fancy Nat and Fancy Eliza.
3: Yeah. Let's have Miss Terry. That's what it Mysteri. was. Miss Terry wearing a t- fancy top hat uh-huh. and Natalia wearing a fancy monocle. Right. Yeah. And a mustache. We're one of like us needs a mustache. We're going to look like Mr. Peanut. I love of Mr. Peanut. He's a G.
1: Natalia will look like Mr. Peanut, but it has eyebrows.
3: <laughs> yes. All right, guys, that's what we want from you. If you are still listening to this <laughs> 15 episodes later and you are inspired and artistic. Right. We want to be fancy.
1: Like I've been begging people for the past few episodes to make <laughs> more fan art. I do print these out and I put them on a wall in my house.
3: Yes, yeah, this is real. true. I have seen it. Yeah, this is not just us blowing smoke. It's a real thing, and we appreciate you. Maybe we love you. Maybe we'll make a little decal and slap that on the side of
1: our rented RV for this Area Fifty (laughs) One trip.
3: I can just see it being such a disaster if we rent an RV. We're gonna flip. I'll drive. Maybe we'll just rent a Penske truck and sleep in the back. I'm also kind
1: of excited. Like, do I meet my husband here? Like, is this the story? Of how I meet, and it's
3: gonna be an alien.
1: Yeah, or I get like welcomed into some like polyamorous tribe of like alien. Do you think there's going
3: to be cults there? Like, you know, like those religious cults that are like, the end is nigh, repent, sinners. I mean, I'm really hoping it's all memers,
1: but it also could be,
3: I don't know. Like, Alyssa, do you realize that
1: If if like a terrorist organization shows up there to actually storm Area Fifty One, like we could get seriously tear gassed.
3: Okay, but here's the thing: I work on or a a human crush. I'm literally going to bring fumigation masks if we go to Area Fifty One because I have those. Yeah, they're in my office. Does that save you from tear gas? I don't know if it saves you from tear gas, but I would assume because it saves you from fumigation. We also need goggles. Yeah, that's what it comes with. We're going to look fucking dope. OK, well, now that we're 20 minutes into the podcast, I guess it's time for me to start telling you about my story. Yeah, well, I'll probably delete a lot of that. Don't delete it. It's beautiful. I'll delete it. the whole part about George Bush. Yeah, you can't put George Bush in our <laughs> in anything that we record. OK, so, Natalia. Yes. I have a very haunted story to tell you today. Well, I'm ready. I'm a little worried I'm not going to do it justice, but we're going to just give it a give it. Can the, I guess? The what old college try. Can I guess what it is? <laughs> yeah, guess. Oh, yeah, because last episode, I guessed. So here, okay. I'm going to try to channel it to you. Should I
1: put it in my okay. mind? You ready? Um, yeah, I'm looking directly into Alyssa's eyes.
3: Which are already scary. Yeah.
1: OK, I'm seeing a road. Um, I'm seeing a road, and it's paved. There is a road.
3: <laughs> is it an old town road? Was, Yeah, you know it. I'm just, I'm concentrating on one word right now, and I'm trying to send it into your brain. Mesothelioma. Yes, today we'll be talking to you about how you can sue your former employer for mesothelioma.
1: Okay, like I feel like my brain is just smashed because all I was thinking was Old Town Road, (laughs) (laughs) mesothelioma. Okay, what's a hint? Forest. Is this
3: a haunted forest? Yes!
1: (gasps) Oh my god. Are you
3: ready to hear about it? Yes. Have you ever heard of... The Haunting of Black Forest in Colorado. No. What? I'm so excited. First of all, let me tell you what my sources are for this. So, of course, Wikipedia, mm-hmm. our best friend. Yeah. Then MysteriousUniverse.org, <laughs> Anomalian.com, and a book that I bought on Google Books. If you guys buy this, we can read it together, called Haunted Places, the National Directory. Ooh. This book has everything do you like that snl skit yeah, with yeah, yeah, where yeah he's yeah, like this place has Stefan. everything yeah Stefan. <laughs> Stefan. haunted forest that's <laughs> how i feel about this book <laughs> this book haunted. has everything just thinking of a club that has a
0: haunted forest <laughs> yeah.
3: this club has everything <laughs> the haunted black forest <laughs> crashed soviet union children that have been operated on <laughs> okay all right let's okay <laughs> <laughs> okay let me breathe in it's fancy time this is fancy serious journalism time <laughs> from wikipedia <laughs> the black forest is named after the high density of ponderosa pines located in a generally small area. The Black Forest is an unincorporated community in El Paso County, Colorado near Colorado Springs. As of the 2010 census, the population was only 13,000 people. Wait, the town is called Black Forest? Yes, so it's not a town. They voted against becoming a town in like 2013
0: <laughs> Wait, or something. Who, who does that?
3: I don't know. Is there some tax benefit to not becoming a town? I'm not sure. Or are they just like a community of redneck yeah. Mountain people that are like, we don't believe in the law. I don't want to make a seal. Do <laughs> yeah. you guys have any ideas for a seal? We don't need no mayor. <laughs> so they voted against becoming a town. So they're literally an unincorporated community is what the official name is. There's no like official city name. They just mm-hmm. call themselves Black Forest.
1: This is a bunch of meth people that don't want the name of their town on
3: a map. Right. They're like, <laughs> we don't need the government. <laughs> it's a total of 127.5 square miles. And it's part of a larger forested area in Colorado known as the Pineries. The current racial makeup of the Black Forest is 95.08% white, (laughs) 3.31% Latino, 0.85% African-American, and 0.67% Native American. And approximately just under 30% of the population is under 18 years old. What? I know. That's such a large percentage. This is like a white children paradise. And 5% are between 18 to 24 years old. That is like so small. 29% are between the ages of 25 to 44. 30% are between the ages of 45 to 64. And a little over 6% are over the age of 65. So this is literally white children paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As always, why is stuff haunted normally? Because white people? So close. What do white people do? (laughs) Drugs. No, besides that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Historically, what do white people uh, do? Oh, slavery? No, kind of. (laughs) Native Americans. Oh, Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. So arrowheads and charcoal pits provide evidence that the Black Forest area was occupied by Native Americans at least 800 years ago. The first known inhabitants were the Ute and Comanche Indians. The dense ponderosa pines provided them with protection, fuel, and timber for lodge poles. These tribes were displaced by the Kiowas around 1800. Kiowa. Kiowas?
1: Yeah. Oh. I went to a church camp. This was very offensive. We literally separated ourselves into the <laughs> Kiowa into tribes. and it was oh. called Camp Kanakuk. Kanicuck? Which is also a Native American word. (laughs) It was a Christian camp that was appropriating Native American culture.
3: (laughs) Almost 40 years later, the Arapahoe and Cheyenne tribes joined forces to drive out the Kiowas and become the last Native Americans to inhabit the area. This is a direct quote from Wikipedia. When white people began to settle the region in the late 1850s, the Black Forest became an important center of activity, primarily as a source of scarce timber. The first of what would be several dozen sawmills were constructed in 1860. General Palmer was the first major landowner of Black Forest when he established the Colorado Pinery Trust in 1870. He purchased 43,000 acres. How in the 1800s do you have enough money to purchase? 43,000 acres? Or did he just pretend like he had money? Like, I don't understand how things worked in olden times. Because there was so much land and, like, people just didn't care, you so know? He, but who did he pay? That's my thing. Like, or did he not pay? Was he just like, the this government. is mine now?
1: Part of the time in America, there there was literally so much land that the government was like, okay, we're gonna have a day and there's gonna be a race, race to see who can get most land and then you have to cultivate it and that's yours.
3: And, like, squatters would just come in and take land from you even if you purchased it and there's nothing you could do. It truly was the wild I wish it was still like that. Me too. I need land and a house. I just want to get in my wagon and go. And board the river and not die of dysentery on the Oregon Trail. Lumber and mine props were supplied to build Colorado Springs and Denver. An 1880 article from the Colorado Springs Gazette stated that for years, nearly every foot of timber used in Denver was hauled from the pineries, a.k.a. the Black Forest. Logging in the pineries reached its height in the summer of 1870. More than 1 billion board feet of lumber were removed to provide ties for the Kansas Pacific, Denver, and Rio Grande and New Orleans railroads. All right. These trees are going to be angry. These trees are having a bad time. Although lumbering continued sporadically through the 1950s, farming and ranching had become the dominant activity by the 1880s a wide variety of crops was raised including cattle sheep alfalfa wheat corn hay and beans potatoes however were the agricultural product for which the black forest area became most renowned i want you to know that none of this is relevant to our story but i like (laughs) agriculture
1: i'm like trying to decode this i'm like okay are the trees angry like are the trees attacking people Well,
3: first of all i'm setting the scene I'm letting you know where we are. Yeah. This agricultural part has nothing to do with the story. (laughs) God damn it. I thought it was interesting. (laughs) We're almost done. (laughs) Agricultural productivity was subject to boom and bust cycles with crops often ruined by drought, floods, hail, blizzards. Or grasshoppers drought of the 1920s and the depression of the 1930s combined to eliminate most types of agriculture in the area by the 1920s the area was mostly consolidated into large ranches some of these remain today okay now this is relevant
0: no. on
3: june 11th 2013 a forest fire started within the black forest mm. nearly 35,000 residents had to be evacuated 15,500 acres burned, 511 buildings were destroyed, and two residents were killed. Based on number of homes destroyed, the 2013 Black Forest Fire was the most destructive wildfire in Colorado history. So let's do a recap real quick of why this land might be haunted. Right. Okay.
1: White children's paradise, first of
3: all. First of all. If Stranger
1: Things have taught us anything, white children attract the most. Yes. Stranger Things,
3: shout out to you for teaching us that white children are haunted. (laughs) Trees don't want to die in their Getting dead. Right. Native American... Warfare and then white people pushing Native Americans off their land. Correct. Correct. The guy that bought a bunch of land and we don't know. <laughs> we don't know sure how why. or why. <laughs> the Great Depression and droughts. So, farmers losing everything in the yeah. area. Haunted potatoes. Haunted potatoes. The worst forest fire that killed people. Right. Oh,
1: also, this place doesn't want to be a town. So, it's like denying yes. the land of respect. Exactly.
3: The Black Forest and its surrounding areas are well known by its residents as a site of paranormal activity. <gasps> For example, Dead Man's Canyon in nearby Colorado Springs is haunted by the ghoulish phantom of a man with an axe in his forehead. Following the Mexican-American War, the Espinosa brothers, led by Felipe Espinosa, went on a mass murdering rampage. Why? While some historians refer to the massacre as one of religious zealots... Mm. others refer to them as America's first serial killers have you ever heard of the Espinosa brothers I never no. have and it oh, sounds cool yeah and they're literally America's first documented serial killers According to kvdr.com, no mass murderers have ever taken more lives in Colorado than the Espinosa brothers did in 1863.
1: So they're just they're killing anybody who's not Catholic or like what's the deal? Well,
3: okay, so I read a couple of articles because who knows when stuff happens in the 1800s I feel like stuff gets spun a right. certain way. So the possible the only people reporting are right. like clearly Exactly. Yeah. So the I found a couple of explanations. One is that they were super Catholic and they thought that everybody in the new Americas was like immoral and mm-hmm. so they were trying to kill as many people as they could in the area then another thing <laughs> that I found... makes sense you guys are immoral we're gonna kill all right right well that's basically what the crusades were yeah uh, and then the other thing i found was that they were just murderers and wanted to kill people like any serial killer and then the most likely explanation that in my opinion that i found was that obviously during the mexican-american war it was mexicans being pushed off of their land to make way for american states right mm-hmm. the u.s states so What the U.S. government did was they said, hey, if you're a Mexican citizen and you have land in this area that we're trying to take over, you can keep your land as long as you become a U.S. citizen and register with our government. Not everyone got the memo because this is before, like mass media yeah and so people just would continue living on their land and because they didn't register the government would eventually come in and kick them off and be like hey you didn't register right and they're not gonna go they're gonna fight right so some people think that the Espinosa brothers had land in this area and they got kicked off and they were pissed Mm -hmm. so they were like we're just gonna murder a bunch of US (laughs) citizens it's
1: like if you don't register your car and you can't get a tag on your license plate and then you're like I'm just gonna run over everyone I see today
3: (laughs) honestly a lot of mass shootings and murder that happens is because people are pissed at the government. It's like an eye yeah. for an eye attitude. It's exactly. like, I'm angry, so
1: now you guys all. So don't now you get pay the live. price. It can't be my
3: fault. <laughs> so described in newspapers of the day as having a jack o' lantern grin, Felipe Espinoza killed an estimated 32 Coloradans over a 12 month span, more than three times as many as the infamous outlaw Billy the Kid. So are these people just like outlaws? Like, yeah. Okay, they're hiding
1: from the government. They're right. Hiding, they're on they're horses
3: like, in the okay. Wild West, like trying to escape evade
1: the government right so they're just literal bad guys yeah
3: one of those victims was william harkins who espinoza killed with an axe to the head harkins lived alone in a cabin in the black forest when nobody had seen him in town for several days a search party was sent to his home where they found his cabin ransacked his white horse stolen and harkins himself laying face down in a pool of his own blood a cleaver sticking out of his forehead oh my god the ghost of William Harkins has been seen haunting the area where he was killed with the same axe sticking out of his head in Dead Man's Canyon, 10 miles south of Colorado Springs. Over the years, dozens of people have reported being chased by the angry phantom near his cabin on Little Fountain Creek. Some have fired bullets at his ghastly shade, and one mother struck him in the ear for scaring her son. It took a few <laughs> seconds before she realized that the man with the axe in his head was a ghost. Wait, like that's just typical backwards
1: Colorado, like you're having a camping trip with your son. And then a man with a an hat <laughs> and you're in like, his you, get and away! And you child. hit him
3: in the ear, and you're like, wait, this is a ghost. <laughs> Quite a few people have wound up shooting themselves in the foot or their horse's ear, etc., trying to fend off his ghost charging at them. In the summer of 1884, a grandmother called Mrs. Wyatt was riding through the canyon in a buggy. With her was her small grandson, whom she was taking home to his parents after a short visit to Grandma's near Harkins' old cabin. They stopped to pick a bouquet of wildflowers for the little boy's mother. Harkins popped out of some nearby scrub oak. (laughs) The little boy burst into tears. Grandma (laughs) grabbed her quart, which I looked up and it's like a whip and began beating the crap out of him, yelling, you old buzzard, how dare you scare a baby like that? Who I'll- wrote this? I'll be back through here later, and if you bother me, I'll give you a what for again. Now get from here. This is a direct quote. I think it was published <laughs> in a newspaper. He disappeared. Only after then did she realize that he had an ax in his head and could not have been alive. Paranormal <laughs> experts recommend waving a leather quart or whip at Harkins when you see him instead of trying to take a shot at him as apparently this is the only way he'll leave you alone this
1: poor guy like, I know he's just literally a random dude that had nothing to do with like anything right and then these two serial killers murdered him. Murder him and now he's turned into like a joke ghost that you have to like wave a whip at <laughs> and
3: also like he doesn't even seem to really do anything like he just pops out from behind bushes and scares children and then a group of paranormal investigators out of Kansas who call themselves Anum Paranormal investigated Dead Man's Canyon and picked up two interesting recordings on their EVP meter so I'm gonna play that for you so if you guys want to listen to this you can go to anamparanormal.com a-n-a-m-paranormal.com that is supposedly a male interruption to them warming up in the car supposedly none of them were talking when this okay. happened what do you what's think it's saying i don't know they don't say R- let's try one more time strange. rough something rough, change. rough Rough. what's the dog i don't know okay next one hey that's something that's something so this says whispered words trying to be heard as we sat and talked in the car oh i hear them talking in the background wait play it again okay oh it's like how yeah like help or something yeah play it again okay one more time or like, hello, hi, hello. Yeah, Is the ghost just like <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, the ghost is like, hey, ew, <coughs> sorry, I got a bit of a cold. <laughs> Perhaps the most well-known site of paranormal activity is deep within the black forest at a cabin owned by Stephen and Beth Lee. The Lee family consists of Stephen Beth Lee along with their two sons who are unnamed. The Lee family had a dream of moving from their fast-paced life in Louisiana to a simple log cabin within Colorado's Black Forest.
1: Wow, I can't handle this fast-paced Louisiana life. I literally need to move to the middle of a forest.
3: Yeah, (laughs) The sparsely populated area is well known for its slow-paced lifestyle, crisp, clean air, beautiful nature, and breathtaking picturesque vistas. For four years, the Lees rented homes in the densely forested area north of Colorado Springs before finding a spacious two-story log home in the thickest part of the Black Forest Woods. It was a secluded home off Swan Road and surrounded by untouched wilderness that was to be their dream home. The unsuspecting Lees bought the five-acre property in 1992. What they did not know was was that the former tenant of the house, a man who has chosen to remain anonymous, was convinced the property was haunted. He allegedly had experienced intense paranormal activity there, yet he did not inform the Lees at the time because he did not think anyone would believe him, or worse yet, he thought that he would be laughed at. The family moved in without having any awareness of the previous strangeness and had not heard any rumors of the supposed haunting either, which made it all the more surprising when an escalating series of very bizarre phenomena began to plague them in their new homes soon after moving in by all accounts the phenomena started within barely a week of moving in and began somewhat innocuously enough the couple's two young sons began to complain of strange lights in their rooms as well as what appeared to be shadows moving about and this could have been chalked up to the children's overactive imaginations if it weren't for the fact that stephen and beth also started experiencing the same thing in addition to this flashes of light would be seen in the forest doors in the home closed on their own Lights or electrical appliances would turn on or off by themselves, and there were sometimes heard thumps, bangs, and knocks on the roof or walls, as well as footsteps and even anomalous music that seemed to come from nowhere. More ominously was an odd chemical odor that would spring up from nowhere to pervade their house and sometimes so strong and overpowering that it stung the nostrils and eyes. All of the phenomena quickly grew in intensity, culminating in scary experiences. Beth described one of these incidences thusly. One day we came home, said Beth, and it was like the 4th of July in our living room and in our bedroom. We had all kinds of lights flashing through, and it sounded like people stomping across the roof. We would lay in bed at night and hear chains rattling. One night we woke up and heard orchestra music. Strange things started happening every day. Their sons again complained of weird lights and shadows in their room. Lights and appliances going on and off by themselves and untraceable chemical odors. Steve Lee, a 34-year-old professional truck driver, believed that someone was trying to scare his family out of their new home. But the Louisiana-born man told journalists that he had just enough redneck left to fight back no matter what it was. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> so this is a fighting working class family
1: yeah they're gonna not let no ghosts no take away their dream of living in the forest exactly
3: also living in the forest is a dream only in theory there's so many bugs right there's so many bugs you're all by yourself how long is it gonna take you for an ambulance to get to you if you have a heart attack like you're just gonna die yeah i just the bugs i hate bugs yeah Absolutely. As scary as all of this was, Steve did not at first believe this to be anything paranormal at all, and suspected that it was all the work of trespassers trying to scare them off the land.
1: People want to scare you off your cabin so they can buy it? Like, why? Like, why?
3: He kind of thought at first that, well, you know, they're not from there. this is like a community that's unincorporated like we talked about so like it's these people that like are really proud of where they come from and don't want to be part of like the status quo and then here comes this family from big town Louisiana (laughs) like moving in they don't know anything about like the community they just move in because they want this quiet lifestyle so maybe people are angry go back to the big city Yeah, go back to where you came from in order to combat this threat Steve Lee spent a great deal of time and money installing a state of the art 70,000 dollar security system with video surveillance and motion detectors, though the system often sounded alarms with no one around to trigger them. Over the next four years, they would have 62 unexplained break-ins, and the El Paso County Sheriff's Department would respond to 45 of these and then eventually stopped coming altogether. I don't like how they just stopped coming. Right. Well, they came to the first 45, (laughs) which is a lot okay (laughs) and then they were like you know what this family is just being dramatic like or they're doing it themselves for attention Mm. like we're just going to stop coming because nobody seems to be getting hurt and we can't figure out what's going on and this is like a group of outsiders that are wasting our time once like the police stop responding is when they install the seventy thousand dollar security system yeah which is so expensive, especially in the 90s. Like, how much would that be in today's money? Like, 120000 Steve noticed that photographs and videotape taken in certain locations on the property exhibited strange light streaks running through them, and sometimes translucent faces even appeared on the film. Three parts of the house seemed especially prone to these unusual effects. The outside wall next to their satellite dish the living room, and the upstairs master bedroom. No matter what type of camera or film he used, Steve captured evidence of unexplained light phenomena that included brilliant beams, floating balls of light, orbs, and glowing outlines of humans, faces, and animals. Sometimes the mysterious lights could be seen with the naked eye, though most often, They lasted just a split second and showed up only on film. The Lees sent several of these images to different organizations, and eventually some of the photos were published in Fate magazine in November of 1994. Thinking this was a technical malfunction, Steve Lee tried several different types of cameras and film, but got the same result every time no matter what he did. On top of this, the motion detector alarms that he had installed were prone to going off without any evidence of anyone being there. Oh, wait, like... Do we know the history of this house before they moved in? No, and I was trying to Google, like, who built it, like, what time. And I can't even find the address for this place. But it exists. I just... In the Black Forest. I'm wondering why these ghosts would be haunting this house. Oh, well, I'm going to tell you some theories about it. Like, we know the Black Forest is haunted for all of the reasons I just explained. But it is interesting that this one particular house in this area is, like, super haunted. Right. Steve and Beth... Lee finally agreed that something paranormal might be going on in their home, and in early 1995, they sent some videotapes to the Sightings television show. The show investigated the Lee property on three separate occasions, and producers considered it one of their most interesting and well-documented cases. In November of 1996, the Lees invited several journalists to investigate their property. When the crew arrived, they did so with a well-known psychic, Echo Bodine, (laughs) I've never heard a more psychic name than Echo Bodine, who was immediately humbled by the sheer concentration of spiritual energy within the house. And she stated that there were at least 20 entities residing there, with one in particular described as being very powerful and malevolent. The whole production was plagued with mechanical malfunctions, inexplicable electromagnetic interference, and cameras and tripods knocked over by unseen hands. More sinister still, at one point in the investigation, one of the crew members was reportedly attacked by something unseen, which jumped into her and supposedly left her whole body numb. With feeling in her limbs only regained after being physically escorted out of the house as she cried uncontrollably in terror. She would later describe it as feeling as if something had been trying to possess her body. I have the chills. What? Yes. So intense was this weird activity while the crew was there that they returned six months later to investigate more. This time they brought another psychic named Peter James, which is like... More reasonable than Echo Bovine or whatever the name was. Bodine. Bodine. So Peter James also immediately claimed that he had never felt psychic energy of the magnitude he felt there. As he walked through the home, James claimed that much of this energy seemed to be focused on an upstairs closet and from a 100-year-old mirror kept in the master bedroom. What the fuck? Both of which he speculated were... Were some sort of vortex connecting the physical worlds to the spiritual. I have a picture of this mirror.
1: No, uh, like, (laughs) like no fucking way is a hundred year old mirror ever
3: coming near me. Right. Here's the thing. If I move into a house (laughs) and it comes furnished and those furnishings are a hundred years old. First thing I'm doing, I'm selling it immediately (laughs) to an antique So adding weight to these claims were photographs then taken of the mirror, with many of them showing ghostly faces staring back or strange (sighs) streaks of light. Indeed, so much anomalous footage was taken over the course of these visits by the sightings team to the Lee home that it is considered one of the most well-documented hauntings ever so now i'm going to show you some pictures look at this mirror mirrors are
1: like the most haunted furniture because people literally stare into themselves they're
3: like portals so this is a picture of the cabin this is the lee home it's cute right yeah it doesn't
1: look very old
3: no they bought it in the 1992 is when Mm. they bought it so it's on five acres it's really pretty like lavender lavender there's forest in the background two stories log cabin okay here's the mirror no fuck this mirror. And like, look, there's like <gasps> shit popping out. I'm sorry. I have the chills. I like okay. can't look at it. So
1: I'm looking at a photo and there's like streaks of light running all over it. And then there's like weird shadowy figures in
3: it. But this- look, the lights are coming out of the mirror. Look, there's no lights over here. It's all coming out of the mirror. It's scary. It freaks me out. Look at that. Wow. what in- I'm showing Natalia a picture right now of one of the bedrooms. And it, it's like, what go- do you see? It looks like fog. Right. It's it like fog like indoors. Fog. Yeah. And so that's why Steve Lee, who's a skeptic, was mm-hmm. like, no, it's like, it's the equipment that I bought or no, yeah. it's the, you know, the f- camera that I got. So mm-hmm. they kept changing and getting new film r- roles and like new cameras. And then they hired this team of professionals to come in and it kept appearing. This right. fog appears no matter what camera you use. Yeah. And it's only in this one room of the house. Ugh. I would move out like immediately, but that's just me. So, this psychic, Peter James, the second psychic, mm-hmm. not the bovine, the, but the James. R-
1: less fancy
3: Yeah, not Echo Bodine, but Peter James, said, There is an energy here unlike any I've ever experienced in all of the years I've investigated anomalous activity. So, the Black Forest is indeed a very important place that should be further investigated spookily not long after filming wrapped james woke up one day to find a painful welt on his forehead for no apparent reason a visit to the doctor in a cat scan later and the welt was still unexplainable however when going through photographs taken at the lee house among the many images of the myriad paranormal activity was a picture of James standing in a room with what appeared to be a bright dagger of light pointed directly at his forehead, something he had not seen at the time. And he also had a welt on his forehead. Right, and he went to the doctor, and they, like, it didn't look like a bruise, right? It's just like a welt, and Mm -hmm. so they were like, we have to do a CAT scan, Mm -hmm. and there was, like, they couldn't figure out what it was. Sir, I'm
1: so sorry to be the one that tell you this, but you've got ghosts in your brain.
3: You actually have a ghost tick that has burrowed (laughs) into your forehead. I
1: don't, I just... Like, this is one of those that's just going to have to sit for a minute, you know? Right. Like, I'm just like... It's so much. Yeah. So
3: there's over 4,000 photographs and videos Mm -hmm. taken from the Lee family, paranormal investigators, and they even got the local government involved, which I'm about to tell you about. So with the TV program and the rumors raging about the haunted Lee home out there in the woods, the Lees asked State Senator Charles Duke to investigate with his own camera equipment. State Senator... Charles Duke was interested in this. Like he our w- senators are doing this. I guess he was concerned about bad press for Colorado, and he was like, I don't believe it. I'm going to take my own camera equipment out there to this haunted Lee home. God,
1: Colorado is just like another dimension. This
3: guy, this state senator, brought his own camera equipment, and he was able to capture a cloudy image that he said was clearly a dog, an apparition that had been photographed repeatedly on the property, and that Steve believes might be his own dog who died 10 years ago. Charles Duke conceded, There are certainly some anomalies that don't belong here. I don't know as to yet what they are. I was shocked. I'm not a believer yet, but certainly there's something going on here. There's certainly something unusual. There's no doubt about it. This is the state senator of Colorado saying this. Paranormal journalist Dennis William Houck ventured to the Lee cabin in 2015. So now we're coming real recent. And reported that he was also able to capture this flying dog on film.
1: (laughs) Now it's become a flying dog.
3: (laughs) On film, as well as the frightening face of another ghost possibly the old woman spirit described by some witnesses according to hoke like most researchers who visit the lee property i experienced the unexplainable equipment problems and odd physical sensations i also measured intense electromagnetic activity on the property So far, the Lees have called in over 30 different specialists, including paranormal researchers, private investigators, psychics, and quantum physicists. (laughs) How much money
1: do these Lees have?
3: Well, they spent 70 grand on a state-of-the-art Like, I think that's the most haunted thing here is where is the the money? money? Is this a meth? I think it's a meth lab. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lee family. I don't mean to slander you. You're a nice truck-driving family from Louisiana. (laughs) I feel like people from other generations besides ours just had more money in general, though. Saved it. Yeah, they saved it. They they're not like going out to eat to meet right. their
1: friends every day. They're exactly. not like, let's get lunch. They're like, I'll see you at Christmas in six months. Exactly. And also,
3: <laughs> they didn't have social media, so they weren't trying to flex. Several of the scientists involved in the investigation over the years have stated that the light forms recorded on film do not behave according to accepted laws of physics. Hawk, that invest- investigative journalist that went in 2015, he says... I am continuing my own investigation into the site and have concluded that it qualifies as one of the most haunted houses in the nation and there is nothing that Steve Lee or his wife are doing to cause it. One second here.
1: They're saying that these things that they're capturing don't respond to physics. Yes, correct. And that's something that we always see all the time with skeptics is they're like, this is just not the laws of science is working or like, oh, um, our equipment must be messed up. And it's like, well, what if math isn't real? Can you if,
3: explain math to me?
1: What if, you know, we're constantly saying, like, physics, this is what it is. This is the formula, algebra proved true. But now we've got a whole bunch of stuff that's that's proven your algebra wrong. Sir Isaac Newton <laughs> was a virgin. Is calculus. math real? we don't
2: know.
3: We don't know. Something to think about, kids. Yeah. Leave in the SoundCloud. Well, but that's true comments. because like for example, that photo I showed you of the mirror, like a skeptic would be like, "Oh, that's a flash from a camera being distorted, you know, because of the mirror." But these physicists that they've gotten involved mm-hmm. in the investigation say that that's not what it is. That um that a flash from a camera being reflected in a photo from a mirror would not behave in the way that it's behaving. Right. It would be a different effect. Right, exactly. According to haunted-places.com, Hollywood special effects technician Edson Williams examined the Lee films and told the producers of the show that most of the light images would be extremely difficult to reproduce and some seem to defy the laws of optics entirely. Sightings immediately dispatched a film crew to the Black Forest and once on site were able to document some of the weird phenomena that the Lees had witnessed. Sightings brought along Minneapolis Ghostbuster and psychic Echo Bodine. Echo Bodine is everywhere. Yeah, Echo Bodine. Who are... Is this a woman or a man and can I meet them? It's got to be a woman. It's got to be a woman. I love you, Echo. Uh, If you want to come on our show and be uh, interviewed, please. Please contact us. I'm now a big fan of you and it's entirely because of your name. So Echo Bodine quickly identified a threatening male spirit in the living room. A sophisticated thermal imaging camera showed the presence of the ghost, who, according to Bodine, was responsible for things happening here and considers this to be his place. Bodine determined the presence of at least 20 more spirits and judge the level of otherworldly activity in the house as, quote, unquote, monumental. She, oh, so she's a woman. Wow,
1: so this ghost is, like, literally mansplaining ghosts to this female-renowned medium? Yeah, excuse me. this is
3: my home? Excuse me, otherworldly spirit. This is 2019 now. You can't just mansplain to us. So Echo, (laughs) Echo felt especially uncomfortable in the upstairs bedroom, which she said was full of spirits. (laughs) And then it says... Three quarters, not a restful room. So three quarters of the bedroom is full of spirits. 75% haunted. <laughs> yes, that should be our new tagline. Let's get haunted. A a paranormal podcast, 75% haunted. Now fancier. Now (laughs) 75% fancier. As if to punctuate her remarks, one of the sighting's cameras mysteriously flipped off its tripod and crashed to the floor. And an odd thumping electromagnetic interference was picked up by the crew's equipment and Steve's scanner, which he kept on the nightstand. Then, during the filming of a discussion between Echo Bodine and Beth Lee at the kitchen table... Beth suddenly felt like someone was holding her down and complained of difficulty breathing. She asked to halt the interview and staggered from the table, obviously distraught. Then Sherry, a member of the backup film crew, felt something go inside her. So that's what I was talking about earlier. As her chest, arms, and legs became numb, she fell into a chair and started crying uncontrollably in abject terror as some unseen force seemed to possess her. She had to be escorted off the set and did not recover fully until she was off the property. To this day, she is convinced... That something in the Lee house tried to take over her body. During both these emotional outbursts, the sightings equipment recorded unusual electromagnetic interference in the room. After the crew returned to Los Angeles, Steve Lee got a photo back from some film he shot during that period that showed a white dagger of light pointing directly at uh, his forehead. The next day, he awoke with a painful golf ball-sized welt on his forehead. He was rushed to an emergency room in Colorado Springs, but a CAT scan of his head could reveal no cause for the disfiguring lump, and all the doctors could do was try to treat his excruciating pain. Sightings returned in six months with Peter James, who immediately sensed the pull of a powerful psychic energy vortex on the property. Then, while touring the house, James was overwhelmed by a burning chemical odor, which we talked about earlier. Remember the kids smelled it? yeah, yeah. And uh, and suddenly asked if the name Howard meant anything to the Lees. Steve and Beth Lee were both taken aback at the unexpected mentioning of the name of a dear friend whom Beth called their adopted granddaddy for the last 10 years. As the Lees revealed more about the old man, the connection with the overpowering chemical smell became obvious. Apparently, Howard's son, Howard Jr., died of a drug overdose in the 1960s. The youth's best friend was a pharmacist, and the two stole prescription drugs and got high together. Peter James felt that Howard Jr. shared a rift in space-time on the Lee property because he wanted to make contact with his father to explain that he had not really died of a drug overdose, but had in fact been murdered. Steve was extremely impressed with James's revelation and asked to stop filming so he could compose himself. There's no way on God's earth he could have known about Howard, Steve said. About a year after their first visit, sightings returned for a third and final time to the Lee House. Peter James accompanied them once again, but this time he concentrated his efforts on the most active spot in the house, the master bedroom on the second floor. Many anomalous events had been recorded near the entry to the small closet in the room, as well as in a 100-year-old mirror on the Lee's dresser. Several psychics had pinpointed the closet as a gateway to the other side, and the mirror was an endless source of photographs and apparitions and floating faces. These guys literally have Narnia in their bedroom. They have Narnia, and they're keeping it. If I had Narnia in my house with my children, I would give it to an antique Like Vendor. Why are they keeping this haunted mirror and haunted wardrobe? Haunted Narnia. They know how to get to Narnia and they like don't want to give up that power, but they're pretending like they don't know. James believed the mirror reflected the faces of the spirits going in and out of the room's gateway in search of the life force they had lost. Several photographs of the mirror were computer enhanced to show scores of eerie faces peering back. In summarizing the Lee haunting for viewers, James said, there is an energy here unlike any other I've ever experienced in all the years I've investigated anomalous activity. In all, dozens of psychics, paranormal specialists, government investigators, a shaman, and scientists from around the world have recorded unexplained phenomena at the site. Psychics have suggested everything from portals to the other side, which we talked about, Mm -hmm. um, to alien ghosts, what? As the possible cause, while Hopi shamans in the area believe the site is located over a rainbow vortex of psychic energy, one of the one of only a few psychic energy spots on the planet that connect our world with the next. Currently, there are only two other locations where photographic phenomena similar to those from the Black Forest are being recorded. Both are private residences, one in Arizona and the other in London. So you know like the Arizona-Sedona vortexes? Yeah. So that's one. Uh-huh. And then there's apparently a place in London where there's vortexes, like electromagnetic activity, that is similar to a vortex. And then this house in Black Forest. Well, the fact that
1: there's one in London gives a lot more credibility to it, to me, because I know, I mean, this part of America (laughs) has a, um, let's call it a reputation of having people who are paranoid from drug use and sure. as we know from this haunting one of them even admitted that two of the generations have overdosed from drugs yeah. right? Uh-huh. yeah so but london doesn't really have that same association with at least in america and, yeah, yeah we don't think we, don't we think
3: of it as being fancy. fancy they're
1: over there with their scrumpets and
3: their teeth yeah they've got their tr- trumpets and their top hats and their monocles and they're just hanging out on london bridge can you get classier than that <gasps> no you can't no. i have never heard of a rainbow vortex before so obviously this is the explanation that i personally want to go with for some of our listeners that might not be aware of what a vortex is i just wanted to take a minute to explain what is a vortex you may be asking yourself what is a vortex thank you Ditalia. I to Never ask. A vortex is a naturally occurring swirl of energy. Oh, sorry. This is from RainbowSerpentAdventures.com. <laughs> a vortex is a naturally occurring swirl of energy that spins around a central axis. Naturally occurring, of yes. Course. Tornadoes and water spiraling down a drain are typical examples. These usually pop up spontaneously and end when the energy runs out. The type of energy vortexes that are connected with spiritual sites may open up without warning. However, there are some that are stable and simply spin in the same location without dissipating. Where can I find a vortex, you may be asking me? Where can I find a vortex? Well, Natalia, if you're feeling adventurous... You can go vortex hunting by just walking around an area that has a mystical feel to it. (laughs) Or if you want more predictable results, Vortex Hunters has a list of known or suspected stable vortexes around the world. There is probably one near you. How do you know you're in a vortex? How do you know you're in a vortex? Well, there's no way to prove that they even exist False. Some (laughs) say that pendulums stop moving or will swing in the opposite direction when in a vortex. Some say that you can find them by using dowsing rods. Some say compasses act peculiar, like the needle will just spin around instead of holding a steady point towards the north. Some say that you can see the spiraling energy in the plant life in the area. In Sedona, the reason why we know, like there are confirmed... Vortexes in Sedona because yes, of the electromagnetic are. readings, right. and the trees actually twist around in these areas for no other reason. Oh, and even cool. si- yeah, and even scientists um, will say, like, have confirmed, like. There is an area in Sedona, Arizona, where all of the trees are just like in a swirly, swirly pattern. And then as soon as you exit that vortex area where the electromagnetic readings are off the charts, suddenly there are no electromagnetic readings and all the trees grow straight up and down.
1: Well, I know that just because of from physics, which we may or may not believe in, but <laughs> the earth has electromagnetic poles at the top and at the bottom, which is why we see the aurora borealis. So I know for a fact there's like energy swirling around. Exactly.
3: So here's a picture of a tree in Sedona, Arizona. It's a juniper tree Mm. and it responds to the vortex by swirling and then as soon as you get out of that area, the trees are normal again. Oh yeah, this tree. It Mm -hmm. looks
1: like an one of those like old yogurt machines.
3: Yes, totally. Yeah. I agree with you. So that's what the these Native American shaman from the Hopi tribe think of the area. They think that it is a rainbow vortex. So what's the difference between a vortex and a rainbow vortex? A rainbow vortex goes to another vortex? A rainbow vortex is like a super vortex. So it <laughs> it is super strong and it can actually pull things from the other side, quote unquote, into our world. So it's like so a it, portal.
1: Yeah, it's like a bridge, like a yeah, rainbow bridge. It's a
3: Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Simply put, a rainbow vortex is a gateway between the living and the dead worlds, a place where the laws of physics allow the dead to pass into the living world.
1: Well, I don't like that.
3: I know. <laughs> and where the living can connect with the dead. And adding to that, another researcher from the same field which is said the same thing and said that there were only three known locations in the world, which we already know. The other two vortexes are in Arizona and London. For all of you conspiracy theorists out there, so Mm. Natalia, listen up. What's up? It may also be of interest to note that the Black Forest area is directly east of the Air Force Academy. Based on this information, I ask you, why do so many unexplained phenomena seem to happen close to military facilities? What came first, the chicken or the egg? Are the military facilities doing experiments that cause the area to have this electromagnetic anomaly? Or is the facility set up in the area because our government knows where these vortexes are and they want to make sure that they're studying them?
1: My mind is blown right now. Like yes. I like can't respond.
3: Yes, perfect. That's what I wanted. So now also you may be asking yourself, listener, What does Steve Lee think of all this, all these years later? Because they moved in in 1992. As of 2016 was the most recent article I could Mm -hmm. find. They were still living there. Um, So what does he think of this? He says, I truly think the U.S. government has a hand in this. I don't think any one individual could get away with this for a period of time without getting caught. The government does testing out here that has military implications. According to a newscast, Steve was convinced that the government was using his family as human guinea pigs to test laser holograms and biological weapons for psychic warfare or mind control, which we talked about in your episode about MKUltra. Yeah. Yeah. He saw figures in military fatigues carrying assault rifles on his property and spent hours trying to photograph them. In fact, one of his neighbors obtained a restraining order to keep him from taking any more pictures across property lines. Steve accused government agents of cutting off the electricity to his home whenever it was vacant so that they could enter it without being detected. He also accused them of spraying chemicals in his van and truck that left him deathly ill. He believed the secret agents even followed him when he visited his mother-in-law's ranch in Gunnison, Colorado and his father's home in Louisiana. Colorado Springs and the unincorporated surrounding area is a hotspot for military activity with at least five known military facilities located within the area, Fort Carson, Peterson Air Force Base, Schriever Air Force Base, the U.S. Air Force Academy, and the Cheyenne Mountain Complex. Peterson Air Force Base is where the North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, and the United States Northern Command, or U.S. NORTHCOM, headquarters are located. The Lee family has since put their cabin on the market, unable to deal with the phenomena any longer. As of 2016, the cabin still has not sold any takers. I don't know. That guy sounds kind of crazy. Yeah, but is he crazy because the government has been fucking with him for like 30 years? Mm Mm-hmm. Or, or did he start off crazy? Even if Steve Lee is crazy, like, let's say he's, like, just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Right. Why would his state senator come <laughs> and yeah. be like, yeah, there's something happening here? Psychics, shamans, physicists, TV Look, shows.
1: I believe that there's hauntings here for sure, right? There's definitely a negative energy that's attracting some weird stuff. Is it attracting this weird family from Louisiana to come set up a meth lab somewhere deep underground (laughs) in their home? And then that's where they're getting all these weird readings because there's actually like a thousand foot drop with a bunch of meth underneath. And that's where the chemicals are coming from. And they're seeing all these weird things in the light because it's like a poisonous gas.
3: Perhaps. Perhaps. Or is this a rainbow vortex, like the shaman said, that is leading spirits down to our world? Now... I want to
1: know what the fuck all these ghosts are doing over here. Because in the past with hauntings, it's like, oh, there's a story. Like, you know, the guy with the axe in his head. That's the a right. Brothers. Pissed. Right. Like, we know his story. We know what's going on with him. But, like, the dog what's the dog
3: what's keeping the dog tethered to the cabin well steve lee says it's his dog that died 10 years ago so maybe his dog is trying to find his master
1: is this what people decoding what happened at area 51 like a thousand years from now like they're trying to figure it out and they're like why were all these
3: people here (laughs) why were these people storming area 51 why was arby's there it's haunted i guess the ghosts could be like let's go storm that hundred year old mirror that like our ghost government won't tell us about yes maybe this is a parallel Universe, and these are all teenagers and 20-somethings that are like, you know what, for the memes, let's go to the the 100-year-old the cabin. Mirror. Yeah, and to yeah. this 100-year-old mirror and find Narnia. Our ghost government
1: tells us that there's nothing going on there and that they're yes. just testing secret 100-year-old <laughs> yeah. mirror stuff, but we know that there's another universe that we actually died from. And exactly. We're gonna go check it out.
3: And then I wanna play for you the last thing I have for you. Part of an interview from the sightings. 80,000 views.
2: things of light through the picture.
3: So that's the mirror.
2: A lot of smoke-like images, globes. Psychic Echo Bodine was hired by the TV series God,
3: Sightings. Echo Bodine it has the best mullet I've
2: seen. Ms. Bodine's book, which includes her experiences at the Lees, and her chapter, The Truth About Ghosts. When we looked at it, it first it just kind of looked kind of like a haze, and then it started taking shape, and it was like there was some kind of mountain trapper type of person in some kind of big wool cloak we would walk up and try to see if we could put our
1: hands up to the smoky area or see if it felt cold or see what was happening
2: gary hart's expertise lies in the realm of hyperdimensional study
1: he's a hyperdimensionalist
2: physicists have hypothesized the possible existence of time space warps which would allow beings to travel between worlds or time or both past, present, and or future, Mr. Hart believes that the Lee's home may be the location for one of those portals. Uh, from a general sense, it's a hyper-dimensional phenomena. Any phenomena that does not conform to our known uh, laws of physics. In fact, a hot location even more so is a location where you have phenomena that is visible. Here, it has been seen and videotaped as solid, opaque globes or globs of light. John Tarvainen, a pre-seminarian and friend of the Lees, told us about what he and his brother saw one night while house-sitting for the Lees. Because we caught something up on the roof, you know, and that's like, you know, shouldn't be there. Just a ball light life, you know, averaging like this to, you know, this, depending on where it came out of the roof, and it was mainly, you know, uh, particular to the master bedroom. When you're house-sitting, you know, what everybody refers to as a ghost house, and you just kind (laughs) of, We'll leave that as unexplained. The same type of phenomenon was videotaped inside the Lee home. We asked Keith Propp, a nuclear physicist, to comment on the phenomenon. As far as those dots that travel around the room and things like that, the very faint dots, I've never really seen anything like that, especially not on film. There could really be something unusual going on here. Near transparent alien soldiers pose in the background.
3: Do you see this? Yeah,
2: that's ghost. We saw some shadow, and my friend said, did you see that? And we all saw it. Then my friend came running up and grabbed my camera and started running towards the tree and started taking shots. It did something that I, I will never forget. I couldn't believe my eyes. It ran through a barbed wire fence. It didn't go over it or under it, but through it and then disappeared. We all stood in shock. We, we couldn't believe it. And I know it's something that I would never forget.
1: That kid is so charismatic. Like something about him I was like, I just wanna like, talk to him more.
3: So this is a, now it's going into a photo tour from 2010. So I'm gonna put some of the best images on the Instagram, but yeah, those videos have to go on. Yes, there. so after seeing those videos, are you more convinced? Yeah, I mean, it looked like a
1: sperm. I just like wanna know what these ghosts are. Okay, so like look, I, just for the interest of time, let's just confirm there are ghosts on this property. Yes. Okay? Yeah. We're not skeptic about it. No, there are ghosts. but this is not a
3: skeptic podcast. The
1: only thing that I need to figure out is what these ghosts are doing there. That looked like sperms. Yes. Like, Maybe is that's this a ghost doing. S- it's trying orgy? to impregnate humans. Well, that girl felt it go inside her. Like,
3: is this just... Oh, a- my God. You're right. Is this just a pervert home? It's a pervert home.
1: Yeah. What do you guys ghosts. Think? Is this
3: a pervert ghost trying to create a ghost-human hybrid. Are these teenagers in another dimension that are just trying to troll and meme their way into our world? Is this... Uh, the ghost of someone that used to live on the property? Is this another person that was killed by the Espinoza brothers? Is this the ghosts of the two people that were killed in the worst fire in uh, Black Forest history, Cal- mm. Colorado history? Mm. What do you think it is? My the favorite rainbow explanation vortex. is the rainbow vortex. Yeah. Because that's like a super vortex that comes down And if there are only three spots where those electromagnetic readings supposedly happen and one of them is this area, that seems like a big coincidence to not be linked to the phenomena. I don't know. What do you think? I just, I have a lot of of thoughts. What is the the thought that is like percolating to the top of your mind right now as you think about Beth and Steve Lee and their poor two sons and the phenomena they experienced? Okay. I have a few questions. I'm just going to list them all off. One, why did they not move away? nobody will buy it they tried they put the house on the market in 2013 and still at least the update the last update i could find was 2016 nobody would buy it because it's haunted or yes because it's in the middle north no because, because it's, haunted. it's
1: haunted number two why are these alien ghost things
3: spying on them
1: is it that this family is cursed or is it that this property is interesting to these beings
3: well so if we believe the articles written about this property Then the previous owner who has chosen to remain nameless Mm -hmm. throughout this entire thing because he does not want his name associated with this he said that he also experienced paranormal activity there and when he sold the property it was because of the paranormal activity he was experiencing but he didn't say anything to anyone because he just figured everyone would think he was crazy right third thing how did that guy know about howard that's weird too i mean i guess you could say like, like, I could
1: be like, Alyssa, does the name Brittany mean anything to you? And I could
3: be like, yeah, she was a bitch to me in middle school. <laughs> like, <gasps> whoa. She died and she's here telling you that you're still a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you could just do name association where, like, You know, like you could find if you just say a generic name. But Howard is kind of a unique name. So I don't know. That is interesting. I guess they could have done like a deep dive on the family. But technically, Howard is not a relative of theirs. It's like a family friend of theirs. So I don't know how you would find out that information. And then the whole aspect of the government surveillance is super interesting to me, too, because supposedly Steve Lee says that he's seen military personnel on his property like spying on him he could be crazy like we could just say he's paranoid at this point and so he's seeing things he's seeing what he wants to see yeah or we could say that it's just a coincidence because there are five military bases really close by. Well,
1: maybe he thinks he's seeing military, but he could be seeing what the sun saw, which was the Aliens figure. in Alien. army fatigues. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe they're not in army fatigues. We think they're in army fatigues, but they're just in their own camouflage. Yeah, that's a good point, too.
3: Um, or it could be that the military is aware of this hotspot, like I said, and is interested in it, and that's mm-hmm. why they have a base set up so close by, and so they are just, like, coming over to check shit out. Or could it be actual mind control? like test on our citizens like they used to do during mk ultra using acid but yeah. using different methods which is what makes it interesting that there's a chemical odor in See, the house I, to make people go crazy
1: i think that the government if they are powerful enough that they are testing mind control on random people why like they wouldn't let it get out i feel like they would bring these people in for testing or something like that i don't know but, but they I guess didn't do
3: that for mk ultra they went in the out into the world i, and, know. I guess yeah. we could
1: still be just that stupid and yeah. messy well and
3: also this is a family that's completely isolated they're in the middle of nowhere yeah is anyone going to believe them is anyone going to witness the same things as them no i mean no because they're on they're on their own yeah so it kind of would be the perfect area to do experiments black forest yeah super interesting i would love to go to this house and visit it no but like i said the last update from 2016 said that steve lee literally chases people off his property if they are coming to like look at would you rather show up to this property dressed in
1: army fatigues and (laughs) smile no
3: we would get shot yeah yeah absolutely not i do not want to be shot We just release a bunch of dogs onto their property and see what they do. And maybe they'll make friends with the ghost dog. I like this rainbow vortex idea. Yeah, me too. That's my favorite. Yeah. But the government aspect is also interesting. Very interesting, Alyssa. Thank you. So what do you guys think? Drop a comment in the SoundCloud and let us know. We need to get better at outros. I don't know how to end stuff ever. Well,
1: this is definitely our first story that ties together government conspiracy, alien conspiracy, and ghosts. So good job, Alyssa. Thank you. Yeah. Very All fascinating right, guys. here.
3: Well, we'll see you next time. And let us know what you think in the SoundCloud comments. If you
1: want to send us to Area 51, yes. it looks like we're going. So <laughs> um, please now just like help us. Yeah.
3: So you can Venmo us at natstron, mm-hmm. at dogmomusa. Natalia also has a PayPal if you don't have Venmo. But make sure you specify in the PayPal that it's for Area 51. Similarly, I have a coffee account. But make sure you specify that it's for Area 51 because we both have our own side things going on. And so we might be confused and think it's like for us instead of Area 51. So let yeah. us know. My coffee is ko-fi.com slash dogmomusa. And in the comments, just make sure you say Area 51 fund. And then Natalia's PayPal is... PayPal.me slash natstron. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we hope to bring you an Area 51 vlog in September and many more episodes Mm, in the interim. Bye. Bye. Bye.